Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Guess what? I'm back. This is the second season of The Truth with Lisa Booth. And I have big news for you guys. We are moving to twice per week, every Monday, every Thursday, every week. You can expect new episodes of The Truth with Lisa Booth. And we are starting with a banger. He's the most talked about governor in America, and he's also my governor, Governor Ron DeSantis. He led Florida through COVID by rejecting Anthony Fauci rejecting the CDC, showing the rest of the country that lockdowns don't work. And I don't want to know what this country would look like if it wasn't for Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis leading the way for freedom, standing against the totalitarians. And now he's taking on woke culture. He's fighting the left, fighting the media and protecting children from indoctrination. And for this episode, I wanted to get into all those issues and we do. But I also wanted to get into the governor's thought process. How does he make decisions? Who is Governor Ron DeSantis? We talk about his family and his upbringing as well. And if you haven't checked out his bio, it's insane. The guy is a complete stud. He went to Yale University where he graduated with honors for the captain of the varsity baseball team. He graduated with honors from Harvard Law School. There he earned a commission in the U.S. Navy as a JAG officer. Then, during active duty service, he deployed to Iraq as an advisor to U.S. Navy commander, and his military decorations include the Bronze Star Medal for Meritorious Service and the Iraq Campaign Medal. This was also my first in-person interview, and I went to a press conference he gave about the Stop Woke Act. We're going to get into that and so much more. I hope you love this interview. I know I do. Here's my conversation with Governor Ron DeSantis. (laughs) 
episode of my second season of The Truth with Lisa Booth, and I am sitting next to the best governor in America, who happens to be my governor, because I fled communist New York to come here. Governor, it's such an honor to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me, and I think you've, how long have you been in Florida now, over a year? It's like a year and a half. Oh, okay. You should put me on the board of tourism. There we go. There I'm, we go. I'm constantly selling the state, so. Most people who've moved, in fact, everyone that talks to me, None of them regret it, and I know you really enjoyed it, so it means a lot to us. It's like living in paradise. I, it's Well, actually, if you're conservative, come here. If you're not, stay home. <laughs> well, I think that's what's happening. I mean, I think we really, because of what we've done, people are so sensitive, particularly with COVID, about the type of state government they live under, and they know it can affect everything from their kids' education to even being able to work and doing all these things, like we saw the crazy policies. And so they are voting with their feet, and we have seen a huge shift towards Republicans since I've been governor. Well, and speaking of crazy policies, so you just held a press conference for the Stop Woke Act. What is it? Why was it needed? Tell the audience about it. Woke in this context stands for Stop Wrongs Against Our Kids and Employees Act. And so part of it is giving parents the ability to hold school districts accountable who do critical race theory, which is not allowed in Florida schools. Part of it also is to give employees, particularly from these big companies, of civil rights protection against having this oppressive woke ideology imposed on them for job trainings. People are having to be told that they have to confess their white privilege and all this other stuff. And honestly, it's asinine. And so we really, with this bill, are doing more to battle wokeness and CRT than any state has done in the country. And Stop Woke Act, did you come up with that on your own? That's that's good. That was my idea. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I like it. So I, I wanted to sincerely thank you for providing me safe refuge, because if it wasn't for you keeping Florida free, I might be in a gulag somewhere for the unvaccinated. And, and like I say that in jest, but also in sincerity. I don't know if you saw that Rasmussen poll from not too long ago where you looked at Biden supporters of them. 51% favored the government putting the unvaccinated in designated facilities. 29% of Democrats more broadly supported taking children away from parents who weren't vaccinated. How far were we and how far are we from those kinds of scenarios taking fold? Well, I think if Florida had not stood up against that and many other bad policies, I think that those would have taken hold of the whole country. We'd look more like Canada right now. We were the first state over a year ago we banned vaccine passports. And when we did it, the left had a conniption. But even some of these, quote, libertarians like, oh, you're banning passports with a private business. And I'm like, yeah, I am, because your rights should not be circumscribed in terms of just participating in society based on this COVID shot. It's a private matter. And if one business does it, then people are going to say Florida has passports and we don't allow them. The result of that was we had the biggest domestic tourism year in 2021 than we had in the history of the state. And we had more foreign visitors to Florida than New York City did. New York City has led for like the last 20 years. They wouldn't be coming here if they had to show paperwork to go get a hamburger. Uh, What we did was good for the individual, but it was also good for our state. And I think if you look at what we did to ban school districts from forcing the kids to get the COVID vax very, very early on, that gave so many parents a good peace of mind. We have had families move to Florida just because of that issue. I don't know how it went from make it available to people, particularly senior citizens, to all of a sudden being, you know, you're not going to even be able to leave your home, some people have said, if you don't get this COVID shot. And oh, by the way, the COVID, say what you want about it, it does not prevent you from spreading it or getting infected anyways. And so I thought it was a huge, huge threat to freedom. I think we held the line. And I think because we held the line, 
I think other states didn't follow. In fact, it's been reported in some of these uh, liberal publications that Fauci and some of these people in Biden's White House wanted him to do more draconian restrictions, particularly with interstate travel and vax passes. And some of his political guys said, you know, if you do that, Governor DeSantis is going to light you up. And I would have. And good for you for that. I mean, you know, I, I think that's why conservatives are just loving hearing what you're doing, seeing what you're doing here in Florida, really holding the line and going on the offense. And, and right now we're, we're sort of seeing these diverging viewpoints in the Republican Party, like particularly when you look at what's going on with Disney. And there's one school of thought where, you know, Republicans who are based to sort of see those numbers that I mentioned with Rasmussen and understand that there's some on the left that would put you away or take your kids away for your beliefs. Right. And then there's this other side of the Republican Party who thinks you can reason with people who hold those thoughts. Uh, you know, for instance, on Disney, Charles Cook with the National Review said that there was no need for you in the Florida legislature to salt the earth, take revenge, or make Florida's policies worse. You know, how should we approach today's left? Well, look, I, all I would say is if you think one California-based company having their own government and having separate rules from everybody else in Florida is good policy, I'd like to know how you're coming to that conclusion. I mean, the fact of the matter is, this was a, an aberration when it was done in the 60s to draw them in, and maybe it was the right thing then, I don't know. But now, uh, it is just not justifiable at all. And so the question is, is not that, oh, you're doing it to, to uh, for quote, revenge. The issue is, is Disney really damaged its political standing in Florida. The legislature would never have considered doing this even six months ago. But because Disney's coming out and supporting transgender ideology and young kids, kids education, you saw the Zoom calls where these higher ups in Disney are talking about, we have this agenda to really get in the kids programming. Uh, there's not a lot of defenders at Disney right now. So you're able to look at this with a fresh set of eyes and say, you know what, is this really the partnership that the state of Florida wants? And, and I didn't think it was. I would, have ve I would have signed this bill if they had passed it two years ago, just on, on, on substance. But particularly now when their corporate culture is dedicated to that, and they also came out saying they're going to make it a mission to repeal parents' rights in Florida. So, yes, we signed the bill. We quote, quote, won politically, whatever that means. But they said they're coming uh, to really do damage in Florida. And so we've got to take that seriously. Why would corporations need to be involved in the first place in Florida politics or a politics of a state? Well, I think what I've always said is these businesses have every right. It's a free country. You have a right. But if you get into the political thicket, then just understand, you know, we're going to tussle. We're going to fight back. And we're going to expose what you do when Disney criticizes Florida. They don't say a word about the Communist Party in China. They don't say a word about the Uyghurs. They don't say a word about a lot of the places they do business in who will actually execute homosexuals. And so saying that they're somehow this big LBGQ, uh, not when it affects their bottom line, they're willing to do business in a lot of very bad places. And so to single Florida out just by saying that you shouldn't have this transgender ideology in young kids' classrooms uh, was, was really weird. But I think that what's happening in corporate America is some of the executives are woke and they think that they have this. Um, I think most of it, though, is there's cabals of employees who are very radical. And I don't think they represent the kind of the overall viewpoint of the employees. But I think most of these other employees are scared to speak out because if you speak out against this stuff, people will attack you. They'll come after you. I mean, for example, with the women's sports, you know, we were very strong in saying what they did in that 500 yard freestyle to have a male swimmer who swam for three years on the men's team, then switched to women. And you say that's the women's champion. You're depriving these other women of fair opportunities. And one of the second place finisher, quote unquote, should have won the championship. She was from Florida. So we put out a proclamation and people would tell me, 
Governor, thanks for standing up for this. We're too scared to speak out because we're worried about the consequences. So I think what's happened in these companies is they just have a lot of momentum. There's really nobody that's pushing back against them. And so they end up having an outsized influence. But I do not think that woke impulse represents a majority of, of um, employees, even in, in Disney in California, certainly not Disney in Orlando. I mean, they, when they did the big day of protest, they had one employee protest in Orlando. I think most of those employees, yeah, I think most of those employees either supported the, the bill or just didn't think Disney should get involved with it. And so, but, but I do think this is going to increasingly be an issue. And so what do we do as conservatives do we allow massive corporate power to get behind a very pernicious ideology and impose that on society? And what we just say free market and don't do anything while everything is getting steamrolled? I don't think you can do that. So I think you get in the arena and you fight back. And that's what we're doing. Do you think corporations will think twice before weighing in on some of this stuff now? I think they will in Florida. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, I wanted to ask you, so the the Florida Department of Health has issued guidelines for treating gender dysmorphia, recommending against gender transition, puberty blockers and hormones. But would you support a state law banning any of those medical interventions for children? I would ban the um, yeah, I would ban the sex shade, the operations. I think that it's something that you can't get a tattoo if you're if you're 12 years old. When they say gender-affirming care, I mean, what they mean a lot of times is you are really, you're castrating a young boy, you're sterilizing a young girl, you're, you're doing mastectomies for, for these very young girls. And here's the thing, what our guidance pointed to, and the Surgeon General did a great job, for these young kids, 80% of the cases resolve themselves as they grow up. And so you're doing things that are permanently altering them. And then they're not going to be able to reverse that. And so I don't think it's appropriate for kids at all. I think the guidance is right. uh, But I think that there should be um, additional protections. Because, you know, when you're growing up, there are things that, you know, it's an awkward time. And it seems like there's a concerted effort in society to push these kids in to do some type of medical intervention. And in our judgment, that's not healthy. Well, I was going to ask you, why do you think the left is digging their heels in so hard on some of these issues? I mean, there's literally a Netflix series right now called He's Expecting, which, you know, I wasn't aware that's possible. But, you know, and obviously they have attacked you for the parental rights bill. Uh, you know, they've stood behind men playing in women's sports. So why why are they digging their heels in on this? I can't explain it. I just think they're, they have a very militant leftist ideology. I think their view is, you know, they want to salt the earth of society and upend all these different conventions. I mean, you know, the House of Representatives under Pelosi, the beginning of this current Congress, they voted to ban using the words on the House floor, mother, sister, daughter, things like that. They said it was not inclusive enough. And I think most people see that and they're like, this is nuts. When they see that picture of the swim, you know, champion versus, and then you have the other three girls hugging off to the side, they're looking at that. They're like, come on, when you tell me that a man can get pregnant, uh, I'm not down with that. I know that that's not true. So I think it's been very uh, damaging uh, to them politically because the more the left is, I mean, fairly tagged with those views, I think it's abhorrent to a lot of folks. And I think that's part of the reason why you see so many particularly working class constituencies fleeing the left and going to probably vote Republican this year. Quick commercial break and then back with Governor Ron DeSantis. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. I think if you're out there having to explain why you're not a groomer, like you might be losing the debate. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because of the parents rights in education, we did the stop woke act was one of my big initiatives. And we also did curriculum transparency. Every parent has the right to know what curriculum is being used in the schools. You think that would be common sense. The left fights you on that. They believe when your kid goes to school, they get their hooks into the kids and you as a parent should butt out. And that's a, that's a seminal battle that we're fighting. Parents' rights in education, uh, when they were doing it, you know, wasn't necessarily something that, that I was uh, terribly involved with because I didn't realize the extent to which this was happening in these young grades. But you see the curriculum. They have the gender unicorn, which says, oh, you know, you can do this or that. The gender bread man they have. That clearly is all geared towards very, very young kids, these kids that are in first and second, third grade. And I was like, when the media started making a big deal about it, it was going through the legislative process. I had my staff pull the language and I read it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are they really going to fight this battle saying that we need to have sexuality and transgender in grades K through three. I was like, I can't believe that that would be a winning issue. And so I started speaking out and we, you know, we made sure it got across the finish line. We signed the legislation, but I do think that there's a, a school of thought 
That is, you got to get this ideology into them when they're young. If you don't, the parents are going to raise them differently, and then it's going to be harder to kind of change their due. So I think it's, you know, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, you know, from a sexual perspective, I think what it is, is an ideological perspective. They're trying to groom people to be uh, more ideological in their viewpoints, and they think starting younger is going to get them there. I mean, it's indoctrination. Yeah, of course, 100 percent. And that's in Florida. That's the bright line we draw. We want quality education. We have no uh, tolerance for indoctrination in our schools. That's why we're doing the critical race theory. That's why we're doing stuff with the curriculum transparency. That's why we're making sure that all the the textbooks meet state standards in Florida. And we are going to be vigorous in enforcing that distinction between education and indoctrination. It it seems like people were sort of very submissive and taking a lot with COVID. And then once they started seeing some of the stuff their kids were being taught with critical race, it's sort of race theory. It sort of woke a sleeping beast, right? Like we saw with Virginia, parents really rising up, going to school boards, getting more involved and, you know, really just speaking out in a way that they weren't about some of these COVID issues. Uh, I mean, where do you think this goes with, you know, now they're pushing against parental rights on this transgender stuff. I mean, where does this all go? Well, I think what they've done is they have really changed the political landscape to where now some of the most important elections for voters are these school board races. If you go back even four years ago, no one really cared about the school board. I mean, some did, but they were not hot button issues. They were not high profile. These are in Florida. They're going to be some of the most high profile races. Part of the reason is our school boards uh, races are nonpartisan. So you'll have these kind of deep red counties that will elect somebody who is running kind of as a fake conservative, but really backed by the union and the left, they get in and they force mass kids. They have the, the, the indoctrination and all that stuff. So now parents are on high alert about this. And I think you're going to see particularly Republicans, they're going to come out uh, with a vengeance and they are going to want to make sure they hold some of these bad school board members accountable for what they did over the last uh, two years. But I think it's a beautiful thing because you know parents should be involved in their kids' life. They should be involved in what their kids are being taught. You know, transparency is a good thing. And you know, speaking of fatherhood, so you recently signed a bill uh, addressed the addressing the decline of fatherhood. You have three adorable children. Uh, why do you think we've had this decline of fatherhood and a decline in recognizing the importance of it? Well, I think if you look back, you go back to like the 1950s, I mean, the uh, the family was very strong across the board. And I think you've seen increasingly uh, fewer and fewer kids have fathers in the home. You know, people will point to how that's happened in the black community, and it has, but it's happened in all communities to a certain extent. And so I think it's a problem, you know, that's not just confined to the inner city. I think it's something that is, uh, we've really seen society-wide. The fact of the matter is, when you have a father in the home, uh, the kid's chance of dropping out of school declines. The kid's chance to get uh, trouble with the law declines. The chances they will do drugs declines. And these are just very, very powerful metrics that are repeated across every community, every state, uh, and every country. And so our view is is we want to make sure that we're promoting this as something that parents understand, fathers understand this is their responsibility. They need to be involved, but also providing the type of resources that would help some of these guys get back into their kids' lives. So, for example, one of the things the bill does is it allows some of these nonprofit groups to apply for grants. So we had Tony Dungy, who was the former coach of the Colts and the Bucks, great guy. He has an all-pro dads group. And so we've worked with them since I've been governor. They do a great job. And, and he told the story of why he founded that because he went to a prison with one of the ministers in the Tampa Bay area when he was the coach of the Bucks, 
And he looked at all, everybody who had gotten in trouble, and he noticed that, in, what, in his words, he's like, it wasn't because they were poor or because of their race or because of their religion. The reason they ended up in prison was because they did not have a father in the home. That was the one thing that, that was there. And so their organization really works to help, uh, to help some of these dads uh, play a more meaningful role in their life. And so there's a lot we talk about in politics and public policy. If you could snap your fingers— and just guarantee that every kid had a, a loving father in the home, you would see huge benefits and all these other metrics in society. It's not that simple to do. What we did is not like what we did is going to wholly solve the problem. Uh, but that basic reality about whether the father's present and involved or not is going to tell you a lot about that kid's prospects in life. I mean, I was kind of a handful growing up, if people can imagine. <laughs> so I, was, I was very fortunate to have, uh, you know, two parents who supported me and kept steering me in a, a better direction. Quick break. Back with my governor and the governor of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. 
No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's your favorite thing about being a father? You know, I think it's just being able to, to watch them have new experiences. I mean, I think like, you know, you take them to, to go to a, a baseball game and their eyes light up. You take them to the, we take them to like the fairs in Florida. So we took them to the Florida State Fair, the Strawberry Festival, Plant City, Clay County, you name it. And, and they get so happy. So we're fortunate. I mean, on the one hand, we, a unique family situation, five, four, and two are our kids. Their whole real, uh, recollections are all since I've been governor. I mean, my daughter had just turned two right after I had gotten elected. And so this is kind of their frame of reference. And, you know, I also often think about like, you know, how is that going to work as they grow up? I mean, we want to make sure that they're grounded and know that that's kind of not a normal experience. It's certainly, I was a blue collar kid growing up and it was the farthest thing that I would have thought of. So we think about that. Uh, So that's a challenge. But the good thing is, is we're able to do a lot of different stuff just by going around the state and showing them. I'll bring my oldest daughter to press conferences. She will just stand right next to the podium, behaves very well. I do. I do the questions, other people, and then I'll take her to grab ice cream or whatever. And then we go back. And so they're able to get these experiences and then to see how they react about it and to see kind of what they really uh, like and what makes them happy is something that I, that I just get a lot of, a lot of gratification about, but it's a big responsibility. And it's something that my wife and I take serious. You know, we had our first daughter right before my third term in Congress. And so the first two years, you go up three nights of the week, you come back and whatever, you spend probably more time in your home district. And not that that was ideal, but the minute we had Madison, I'm in DC and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, honestly, it's like talking on Zoom just to, or talking on the, the FaceTime just doesn't work. And so I was like, all right, that was one of, the, quite frankly, the reasons I ran for governor. It's more family friendly. I can go out and here, we're here in Miami together and Miami area. I can be back home and I have an engagement tonight. It just so happens. But normally I'm home. Uh, I mean, it even, worked for me. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm home doing a lot of different stuff. Uh, even having a full day around the state and you could not do that in Congress. And so, it, but it's something that we're, we really work hard to make sure that we're spending time. You you'd mentioned you grew up in a blue collar family. Talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about your childhood. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I grew up in Dunedin, Florida, which is in Pinellas County, the Tampa St. Pete area. I was born in Jacksonville. My mother was a nurse. My father worked for Nielsen TV ratings. And so back then, you know, the Nielsen families, you had to put a box on their TV in any given area to be able to rate what they were watching. So that was what he did. And so we, that job took us from Jacksonville to Orlando. And then when I was in first grade, we ended up in Dunedin in the Tampa Bay area. And so I grew up there. It was a great place to grow up in the sense I love baseball, and it was a great baseball town. And we did well in Little League, going to the Little League World Series. I had a good program in high school. It ended up sending me to play baseball at Yale. Uh, But, you know, I never had anything handed to me. I mean, I had to work hard. I never expected anything to be handed to me. And I think I was able to develop that work ethic as a young age, and that really propelled me as I got into college, beyond the military, and then even as a, as a candidate for, for office, really uh, uh, having to earn it. That mentality has kind of changed, though. I mean, you look at a lot of these younger generations, they, they sort of think that things should be handed to them. And here's the thing, too, and it kind of plays into the CRT. So they will tell certain kids, you know, based on your race, you're oppressed, and they will say how bad the country is. Well, if I'm a young kid and you're telling me I have no chance, why would I want to work hard then? The reason I worked hard is because I believed if I worked hard, uh, I would be able to make things happen. I'd be able to open doors. I'd be able to have more opportunities. And so what we're doing here today, what I said at the event is 
do not let anybody tell you you can't succeed in Florida. You can succeed, and the most important thing to your success is what you do as an individual. Are you going to work hard? Are you going to make sure you don't waste the talent that God gave you? Are you going to get everything out of what, what you got? And if you do, and if you make that decision and you follow through, you will find success. You may not find success immediately. You may have some doors closed in your face, but eventually you will get through the door. That has got to be the message. You know, look, if the kid honestly, kids honestly don't believe they have a chance that our country's bad or all this other stuff, you know, then I can understand why they wouldn't want to put in a lot of effort because it wasn't easy. I mean, I did all kinds of uh, low paying jobs as an 18, 19, 20 year old kid, and I had to do it to, to make my way in the world. And I would never have done that if I thought there was no reason to do it. Yeah, I mean, I started off as a staff assistant. I always like to say I was saving the world one flag request at a time. <laughs> you know, it's sort of a, a thankless job, but, you know, it, it got me to where I am now. So, uh, you know, it was fun. So I, that mentality probably, as you said, prepared you for the job that you have because you face a lot of criticism, right? So you've got some of your critics, Nikki Freed called you a dictator. The Democratic governor of Colorado called you a socialist. How would you define your governing philosophy? Well, first, I would just say how ridiculous some of these criticisms are. And you can tell, like, if you're over the target and they're lobbying these, these phony criticisms, then they must not have substance to critique you on. I mean, the idea that taking away special rights for one favored corporation is socialist, it's the opposite of that. It's making them live under the same laws as everybody else. She'll say, uh, you know, when you have people say, like, I'm dictating just because I'm leading and winning, because I'm getting things through the legislature. I have a good relationship with them. We put big win after big win on the board. And they will say that I'm dictating the outcomes when, no, I'm going through the constitutional process to be able to enact really significant legislation. And that's what you should want to do. So when I became governor, I sat down in the, uh, in the desk the first day and I said, I looked around, I said, you know, whatever SOB succeeds me, they ain't going to have very much to do because I'm going to take every meat there is off the bone. I'm going to get involved and do all the issues I can. I'm going to make the most. You know, in Florida, you have at most eight years, two four-year terms, and there's a term limit. So I'm going to make sure we, we get all that we can get out of this. And that means leading on issues and not sitting around and waiting to see how it develops politically. For example, I have never taken a poll since I've been governor. I just don't. I, I believe what I believe. I have confidence that if you set the vision and you execute, that people will support that if it's the right thing to do. If I sat around and waited on poll results all day, I'd be paralyzed. I wouldn't be able to go out. When I see things that need action, yeah, we debate and we're deliberative about the type of policy we want. We make sure we formulate good policy. But man, I'm out there um, and I'm leading. And that's the thing. When you're leading and the left's attacking you, that is good feedback because it means you're over the target. I mean, if, if some of these left-wing outlets like MSNBC, if they're ignoring me, then that must mean I'm not getting very much done. If they're constantly attacking me, well, they're attacking me for a reason because they know I'm winning and they know Florida's really setting the standard across the country. Well, and what's hilarious, I mean, you were called Death Santas and then originally with COVID because you were taking positions that were contra con contrary, that's the word, to the group think narrative and, and what other states were doing, particularly left-wing states and this left-wing uh, administration. But then everyone sort of came around to where you were originally. Well, I think it became a cottage industry, whether it was um, schools, whether it was making sure businesses were open, whether it was making sure that uh, seniors were prioritized for medication, whether it was uh, banning vax mandates. We would do something. There'd be a spasm in the media and amongst the left. 
And then six to 12 months later, everybody else would end up doing what Florida was doing all, all along. And that was something that was pretty much, uh, they became a cottage industry throughout the last two years. I mean, like, how annoying was that, though, seeing all the criticism and then knowing that Andrew Cuomo literally sent elderly people to their death? It doesn't bother me because a lot of these legacy outlets, uh, they're not trustworthy. I don't consume any of it. And that would be true if I wasn't governor. Why would I want to do that when I know what they're doing is trying to concoct narratives? They're not interested in telling the truth. So you knew what they were doing by trying to elevate Cuomo. But if you think about the two people they tried to elevate the most, Cuomo and Fauci, not the best judge of who to try to elevate during this, because obviously Cuomo, you know, like COVID is something you you can't quote, just stop it. I mean, it was a highly contagious respiratory virus. But if you are taking somebody and you're sending a sick person into the most vulnerable population, nursing home residents, that's on the governor. When you have somebody like Fauci, who's agitating for school closures, who's attacking me in Florida for having businesses open, knowing that if I followed him, we would add hundreds of thousands of people that would still be out of work today, you know, that is on him and the destruction that's happened for people that have followed his policies. Now, he's the worst. Um, would you ever run for president? Would you ever want to be president? I've never been asked that question before. It's, 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 it's funny how oh, that's Oh, I'm very creative. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so, you know, the interesting thing is, is um, you know, I'm running for, for 22, so you'll be a Florida voter this time. Term. So No, no, obviously, I'm one. I'm, yeah, it's I my mean, last look, I'm election fan. for that, and, and so we do it. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, people will have paraphernalia about me in the future. People always bring it up to me and stuff. But, you know, I have never done anything along those lines. I've basically just done my job. And so I think what it shows is, is that people just want to see people that are willing to lead and willing to fight for the people, knowing you're going to face arrows, knowing you're going to be able to, uh, to, to, to have to be in the, in, the, in the kitchen when it gets hot. But who's going to stand there and lead us out of this morass? And so we just do what we can do to help Florida. But it really has had implications beyond the country. And really, I get people that write into Florida from other countries saying we look to Florida as kind of the beacon. And that's not something that I've tried to do. I'm just trying to do my job here. But it has had a resonance. And it's, it's something, quite frankly, is surprising to me. Because when I got elected governor, I wasn't even that well known. And then as I was governor before COVID, I was known, but I was not known the way, I, the, the way I've become since COVID and all the other issues um, that, that we've taken on. So that's yeah, a, that, yeah, you've. That's a great answer to your question. Come on, isn't governor. It? <laughs> let's make. Come on, give me something. <laughs> that, was, that was a great answer. Any, <laughs> you're avoiding it. Any, I mean, any desire at any point. So I've done nothing to do anything other than just do do my job here. This is a good job. I mean, I think if you look at political jobs, I don't know that there'd be very many that have been better, especially at this point in time in the state's history where we're really doing things that this state has never done. There's a lot of excitement. I think that after the election, my goal would be, you know, if we if we win the election really big, people like you who analyze these things are going to say the days of Florida being a swing state are over. Florida is a red state. And I think that's because of a lot of what we've done. I mean, I hope so, because I moved down here. So I'm now a Floridian. So I, I want to keep living. Well, here's what I'll tell you. Since COVID, we've led the nation in in-state mi- in migration. If you look at all 49 other states and who has come from those states to Florida, each one of the 49 states has had more Republicans move to Florida than Democrats. New York, California, Illinois, you name it. The result since I've been governor we were down 300,000 registrations to the Democrats when I got elected. Now we're up 120,000 registrations. That's a 400,000 registration shift in favor of Republicans since I've been governor. At this pace, 
we're probably going to be over 500,000 by the election. So that is a huge sea change. So that's telling me the people like you who came for a reason are the norm. And some of the people who would come from these uh, blue state dumpster fires and then still vote the same way when they come here, that they are in definitely the distinct minority, which is which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. So I wanted to ask you, how, how is your wife doing? I know she recently had a cancer battle. Now she is cancer free. How, how is she doing? So she's doing well. So she had to go through a lot of the, the treatments and all that. Uh, she was declared cancer free, but they still do the radiation stuff. And so she's in the process of finishing that. So basically at this time next week, she's going to be done with, with everything. She'll still have to go in and get periodic tests and scans. But uh, it's not an easy thing to go through. But, uh, but from a prognosis perspective, I think it's gone about as well as we could have hoped. But I think, you know, one thing I would just say to women out there, having gone through this with her, is, you know, this is something that you can beat. You know, you get that diagnosis. It's, it changes your world. It's something that's very scary uh, for a lot of women, of course. Uh, but just know that, that they do very well with this. And it's not going to be easy to go through, but but you're going to get through it. And I think my wife has really been an inspiration for a lot of people in this state. You know, the hospitals we'll go to will say some of the ladies that have come in since she went public with it have said, oh, you know, the first lady's got it. She's battling it. I got to battle it, too. And so, you know, I'm proud of her for the way she's handled it. Uh, you know, it's a private matter, but at the same time, she thought that she could help publicly to talk about kind of her, her situation. And, and I think it's had a, a very positive impact throughout the state. 100%. And I've had the pleasure of meeting her. I mean, she's just an incredibly kind and lovely woman, which is obviously why you married her. Uh, so, I wanted, so I heard that she is actually your closest political advisor. Is that true? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, she's got a very good nose for BS and she's kind of like, you know, middle America, like, you know, type of voter that we need. I mean, she's conservative, of course, but she really sees through a lot of the BS. And so there'll be times when she'll, something will happen. She'll be like, you got to be kidding me that they're doing this. And she goes, good. But it's, I think people say that because, you know, I'm not a consultant driven governor. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, principle-driven governor, conviction-driven. That's what's driving me. I'm not calling political consultants saying, hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I need to handle this? I just handle it, and I make I do what I need to do. Um, and so, but she is a great... Uh, kind of sounding board for what happens. And they'll be, it's funny because there'll be times when we go out there, if we really do some good zingers, you know, I'll walk home and, you know, she'll give me a high five and she gets fired up at some of the stuff because she believes in a lot of the stuff that we're doing, you know, she really believes in and she, uh, you know, the Disney stuff really, she's a huge, huge Disney fan her whole life. And then to see kind of them do all this, you know, it's like, it, it, it stinks. But I know that's probably true for a lot of families throughout throughout the country, having to see this and just wondering, like, you know, what happened there? Well, and that's, you know, sort of like a lot of things in the country. Like, again, Netflix has a series called He's Expecting. It's, you know, we sort of live uh, in this clown world a little bit. It, it's Sometimes it's hard to imagine that, you know, these things are going on. The thing about it, though, and I think what we've done is shown this, there's a desire for truth. People know something is off kilter. They know that they, they're lied to by a lot of the powers that be in the media and in the bureaucracy and all this. They know that. And so when you come through and speak the truth, you can cut through the clutter because it is powerful when you're living in an age where so much of what's true is they try to suppress and they try to impose these fake narratives on us. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been able to do good, just because we're telling the truth and, and people are responding to it. I mean, Governor, I, I feel like uh, you are on the truth with Lisa Booth. So that's literally the reason why I named the podcast and the whole purpose of this podcast is trying to get to that truth in this insane 
environment we live in. Uh, you know, one more question I want to I feel like conservative media should put more folk. Florida is really sort of the epicenter of the Republican Party right now. And, you know, less of an emphasis on D.C. or New York. or any, I mean, it's, it's I agree. Florida's I mean, I think if you look at what's going on in the state, we've done more legislatively in Florida than almost all these other red states combined. I mean, some of them have done well. I mean, like, you know, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, you know, they've done some good stuff. But I mean, we are leading on issue after issue here. What starts in Florida, usually other states will then follow the mantle. And it's not, we didn't ask for that responsibility, but that's basically what's happened. And so I think this is ground zero in terms of uh, conservative political movements. Part of it was that built on it was when COVID was here, these political groups, this is the only place they could have meetings. And so like all these major groups, they're having their conferences in Florida 2020, 2021. We were happy to host those. But yes, I think Florida is, is where it's at. And a lot of people have gra- a lot of people in your uh, a profession have gravitated here who were involved in, in politics and commentary. And uh, we're proud of that. And so we uh, we encourage more people to take an interest in what's going on uh, in Tallahassee and throughout the state. I'm a Virginian by birth, which has gotten better with Yunkin, but, you know, Floridian by choice. Sir, I, you know, I know you've got a really busy day. You've got a lot going on. Anything else you want to leave my listeners with before we go? Well, look, I think uh, we've got a lot of, of, of problems in the, in the country. I think you look at some of these big institutions. We see it with corporate America, big tech censorship. We see our bureaucracy totally out of control. Obviously, Brandon in the White House is a total disaster. Um, it's tough to be on the side of truth right now because you got a lot of people who will come down on you. They'll attack you. you got to face smears and, and flaming arrows and all this stuff. Uh, but we're really called upon right now to, yes, stand for the right things, but show courage, show backbone, and not back down from these people. I mean, if we back down, they're going to steamroll us. So when I look for candidates who are, you know, could be promising, that's one of the things I look for. Yeah, you can tell me these things, but everyone says those things who's running as a Republican. When the Clegg lights get hot, are you going to stand strong? Are you going to fold up your tent? And we need people that will stand strong. And I think in Florida, we've been willing to stand time after time uh, when it gets hot, you know, when we're facing the fire and we do not back down. I mean, I feel like we should end it with a let's go, Brandon. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The media doesn't <laughs> like that when you say Brandon. But what I tell him is, as long as he's treating my state the way he is, stiffing seniors of relief from disasters, not doing anything to lower gas prices, allowing all these illegals across the border, as long as he's doing that, he's Brandon to me. Yep. Let's go, Brandon. Governor, it's an honor. Uh, such a fan of yours. And thank you for being such an amazing governor. And thank you for your time. It's an honor. And thanks for being a Floridian. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yep. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I found it fascinating. Governor Ron DeSantis is brilliant. I was so impressed by him. So engaged during the interview. I hope you were too. And this Thursday, we have Steve Bannon. Another amazing interview, another amazing conversation for you. I think you guys are going to love it. I wanted to thank you for listening at home. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can subscribe. I also want to thank John Cassio, my producer. You're my boy, Blue. Thank you to everyone at home. Thanks again for listening. And tune in to the Steve Bannon interview coming up on Thursday.
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.